Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hawkeye fans, get ready. It's time for the Hawkeye Nation radio show, powered by the Polk County iClub on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 AM, and now 106.3 FM, KXNO. And welcome into the HawkeyeNation.com radio show here on 106.3 KXNO and the Hawkeye Nation podcast network. My name is Andrew Downs, and I am joined as I am each and every week by Joe Schmelko. What's up, Joe? Hey, buddy. Just uh, glad to be back in Des Moines after a great weekend in Chicago. Saw a ton of Hawkeye fans. Call it, I don't know what I call it, Kinnick East or whatever. <laughs> I guess that's the name for it. But, yeah, Wrigleyville was uh, – Oh, man, it was a great time, a lot of fun, a lot of Hawkeye fans, a lot of friends. It was just uh, it was a great, great weekend, great weekend. We're, we're going to talk about the, the the win over Northwestern. Iowa being alone in first place in the Big Ten West. We'll preview the, uh, the Rutgers game coming up this Saturday afternoon and then talk a little bit of hoops because, uh, believe it or not, basketball season is underway. The men and women have each played. The women have a big game tonight against Virginia Tech, a top 10 matchup. Uh, that That's going to be a, a big kind of measuring stick for this team as we move into the early part of the season. And we're going to cover all that here on the Hawkeye Nation radio show. Check us out at HawkeyeNation.com. And Joe, it's just you and I this week. Uh, not as much fun as we had last week. I've, I've gotten some good feedback, though, from that show we did with, uh, with Willie Farrell. That was a lot of fun. If anybody missed that, uh, some of the stuff may be a little dated because we talked, you know, previewed the Northwestern game, but most of it is is pretty evergreen kind of Hawkeye fan content. And uh, and Willie's such a character. That was that was a fun show last week. Yeah, it was a fun time. Willie and I, uh, we we argue, discuss. We'll say discuss. You don't ever want to. <laughs> you don't want to really argue with a mafia guy, right? I mean, he might he might you know send somebody else and um, break my kneecaps or something, but. Willie, Willie, and I go back and forth on the Bryant Ferris, Kirk Ferris offense, this, that, and the other thing on uh, Facebook. So I finally just said, you know what, you need to come on the radio show. And he said, okay, graciously accepted. And uh, yeah, it was it was a fun show. It was unique. It was interesting. It was a good time. He's a great guy. Love Willie. He's fantastic. So, yeah, again, check it out at HawkeyeNation.com on the podcast page or wherever you get your podcasts. Just for, search for Hawkeye Nation. And uh, it was last Thursday, uh, November 2nd, that we uh, we posted that show. So you mentioned, Joe, that you were in Wrigley or at Wrigley uh, in Chicago over the weekend for the 10-7 the to 7 win over Northwestern. And, and before we break down that game, yeah, I, you, you mentioned it quickly, but, you know, from afar – it seemed like Hawkeye fans really descended upon Wrigleyville and, and were the majority there. I couldn't really tell inside the game, although there were a few moments, and, and certainly in that uh, that that uh, goal line stand and things like that, where you could really tell the Hawkeye fans were, were probably the louder of the two fan bases, even if it was more of a, a neutral field or, or almost a bowl game atmosphere. Uh, how, how was it in, in Chicago? And, and yeah, kind of what was that experience like for you and, and the other Hawkeye fans? Well, I got to be honest with you. I, I hardly saw a Northwestern fan. Okay, we did see their band uh, cruising around, but I mean, Wrigleyville was just dominated by the Hawkeyes. Um, every bar was full. Uh, 
we got there early. We got up there. We took the L up there. Uh, we stayed down in Michigan, the Avenue Rush area. And we got up there on the L, and, and we were there, I don't know, 945. We stood in the line to get into Merkel's, which is a popular uh, Iowa bar in Wrigleyville. I think guys from Iowa own it. And, uh, man, we, by the time they opened the doors at 10 o'clock, by the time we get inside, there's no place to sit. And uh, we ended up going, well, let's run back to Cubby Bear. And that was literally, you know, a block and a half away, two blocks away, got there. It was packed, you know, with Hawkeye fans, okay? So uh, we ended up at a place called Vines on Clark, and we had a great time at table and uh, tons of people in and out. It was packed, but it was all Hawkeyes. I mean, I, honestly, I, I hardly saw a, uh, a Northwestern fan in the Wrigleyville area before the game. And then, of course, after the game, you know, when we won, then it was uh, it was packed too. So it was just a great time. It was a lot of fun. Great that, time. That's awesome. So I saw. I, I can't think of which bar it was, but it was one of those you know Cubby Bear, Merkel's type bars. That the ones that have been there forever uh, said that that Saturday was their biggest uh, beer sales day in in history. And you think of all the games, all of the you know the World Series, all of the events that have happened in that area, uh, the multitudes of people who have spent time there, and and Hawkeye fans once again uh, wear the crown of being able to to drink places out of beer. So that that was really really cool to see. And man, it was an it was an interesting game, if not the most exciting game. Uh, you know, the scoreless first half, another just really rough performance from the offense, who who actually moved the ball a bit. Certainly in the first half, I, I think the first four possessions got into Northwestern territory, maybe even closer to the forty yard line, uh, but just couldn't get on the board. Had had the the doink field goal, uh, the interception in the end zone, a couple of of short punts. Um, yeah, I've got a bit of a Groundhog Day feeling here, Joe. I, I don't know what else to say. It just it doesn't seem like this offense is going to fully click this season. We're going to rely on the defense and the special teams to find ways to win but that, that's been a relatively successful formula for Iowa not just this season but in the past and so uh, in the Big Ten West this year that that may just be enough to get it done well you know I, I don't know I was thinking about it today and typical offense is going to run like you know 60 some plays where we're, we're not running anywhere close to that um, a normal offense I think you got to have you know 10 what I call really good plays, 10 yards or more. You get moved down the field, you get first down thing. We don't have that. I mean, it, it seems like if we can get, you know, five good plays a game, and uh, that might be enough to win a game against some average, some mediocre teams. And that's, and that's really who we're playing. Okay, Northwestern's uh, not, a, not a top 50 team. Uh, Rutgers might be. You know, Rutgers is going to be a tougher team. But you're exactly right. I mean, you can't lose the game if you don't give up any points. And as long as our offense doesn't hurt anything, then that's ball security, as, as Kirk said. Um, and our special teams can, you know, kick some field goals, uh, change the field position with punts, and uh, change the field position with a nice return here and there. Um you know, we we got a shot. I mean, at the end of the game, I mean, we made a play. Uh, a, a very inexperienced second-string quarterback uh, threw a ball to uh, Caleb Brown. He'd never caught a pass in college before. Uh, caught his first pass, had a little spin move, gained five yards. We're in field goal range. You win a game. Is it great? Is it fabulous? No, 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 not at all. 
But it was enough to win a game when you've got an elite off or an elite defense and a really, really good special team. And, uh, you know, even stood up there and, and drilled it for 53 yards. And, and that's a, you know, very important weapon. So um, that's how we're going to have to win. I, I, I don't know what else to tell anybody. Uh, as if it couldn't get worse, you know, we lost our first string quarterback. Uh, probably the best tight end in the Big Ten, maybe the two better, two, yeah. two of the best tight ends in the Big Ten, and now our offensive line is beat up. Um, <laughs> I, you know, it's just it, it it it's just bleak for our offense. There's no other way to describe it. So quit focusing on the offense, right? Yeah. Yep. Focus on the defense. Focus on special teams. Cooper DeGene, incredibly special player, and. Uh, that's just what you got to do if you're going to be Hawkeye fan. You want to focus on deep on the offense, man. It's going to be you know it's, it's fun. so focus on the other stuff. It's great. Our defense is awesome. Kind of fun to watch. It is. Special teams are kind of fun to watch. So. We'll we'll do that. I don't know what else to do, man. Yeah, you're right. I mean, and, and as you said, Deacon Hill made the play when he needed to make it. Caleb Brown was there. That was great to see. Welcome to the Hawkeyes, Caleb Brown. Um, you know, yeah, don't expect him to get way involved in the offense, but it, it was nice to see him make that play when they absolutely needed it. They weren't able to do that against Minnesota. That was a big uh, a big talking point. You know, when they 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 stole that uh, touchdown from Cooper DeGene, I was still had an opportunity, but just wasn't able to move the ball the you know twenty or twenty five yards they needed to. They were able to do that on on. Saturday and as you said it wasn't spectacular it's nothing to write home about but it got the job done and it's all they needed and I think it's probably even more encouraging Joe because it was a day where special teams wasn't elite now that that final kick by Drew Stevens was great and that was enough to earn him Big Ten special teams player of the week Uh, but he had missed the same field goal essentially earlier in the game and and that could have been big in in the end and Torrey Taylor um, who I'm never going to talk bad about but he did not have a great game and, and certainly put Iowa in a tough spot with a not great punt. I mean, Northwestern kind of did to Iowa what Iowa does to other teams. Uh, we 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 had that goal line stand, so our offense was pinned deep. They got the three and out as as you would expect them to do. Uh, we had a, a tough punt, a short punt uh, with not a great not great coverage on that, and so all of a sudden Northwestern is in business again, and they get that touchdown to, to tie the game. and And yet, even with a a mediocre day overall on special teams and uh, and and an offense that that couldn't do a whole lot. Iowa found a way to win, and and again, there there's one stat that matters to Kirk Ferentz, and there there ultimately should be one stat that matters to most of us, and and that's the wins and the losses. And we're talking about a seven and two football team who, you know, thanks to losses from Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Nebraska on Saturday, um, is alone in first place in in the Big Ten West and in the driver's seat in charge of its own destiny to get back to Indianapolis. And I think that's important too, Joe, because it feels like we take some of these things for granted. Uh, we, we take some of these wins for granted. Like, well, yeah, we beat Northwestern, but they're not very good, and we didn't look great. And well, yeah, But Wisconsin lost, and so did Nebraska, and so did Minnesota. Like, uh, You can't start taking wins for granted, regardless of how disappointed you are with some parts of this team, because ultimately that's the only thing that matters well like i said given what's happened to us uh, with injuries and 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 things uh, you know the distraction uh firing your well sort of firing announcing that you're going to fire your offensive coordinator at the end of the season during the season i, I don't you know starts going to that again but um you know we're seven and two and 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 you're exactly right so let's celebrate the seven and two, and quit being negative all the time. I mean, 
most teams in this situation, losing their first-string quarterback, losing the players that we've lost, uh, they're not 7-2, and two, okay? Um, I know a lot of teams that would love to be 7-2, and two, and a lot of coaches would love to be 7-2. and two. We've got a lot of Hawkeye fans that they do. They take things for granted. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I go back to the Tom Davis analogy all the time. It wasn't good enough getting to the second round of the NCAA tournament every year. That wasn't good enough. And boy, oh boy, you know, after, you know, five, ten years later, it's like, man, I'd, I'd like to get to that point again, you know. Um, and, and, and I fear that's what's going to happen. I, I, I fear the fans are just, I don't know, there's just this narrative of negativity instead of celebrating, you know, the resiliency of the team. Uh, the, the defense, the special teams, the winning record, and you know, here we are. Let, let's celebrate what we got, okay? And and hope <laughs> that in the coming years our offense is a lot better. Don't get me wrong; I want a great offense. Yeah, okay. right. But 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 you know, some teams have a great offense. I'll, I'll look at Southern Cal as an example. USC <laughs> they have a horrible defense. Okay, and and you know they're, they're getting beat, you know, a lot. Um, you know, very few teams have a great defense and a great offense. And uh, you know, the reality of it is, Kirk is finding, quite frankly, unique ways to win. Okay, yes. and, and and we just need to celebrate that and keep hoping we can keep winning. I mean, if this team can go nine and three, ten and two. Man, you know that's awesome. It is, and so. you know, and I saw somebody on Twitter or X. Um, I don't remember who it was, or I, I would give proper credit. But you know, they they pointed out, you know, if Iowa was seven and two with a top five offense and the nation's worst defense, yeah. nobody would be upset about that, and it wouldn't be a national joke or or seen as some sort of embarrassment. But because it's the opposite, and it's it's just less less familiar to most people. Uh, it's it's hard for people to swallow. But as you said, I mean, let's celebrate what we do have. And man, one thing we do have is is a defense that's out of this world. They, they have turned a corner. I mean, they started the season very good, but I don't think anybody expected them to match what last year's defense was able to do. That That's one of the best defenses uh, we've ever seen. And yet in the last few games, this defense has become elite, uh, which which was clear in that incredible goal line stand in the fourth quarter. I mean, they're, they're not having the turnover numbers that they've had in the past, but part of that is because uh, teams don't feel like they have to challenge Iowa's defense all that much. They, they know they don't have to score a whole lot to stay in the game with Iowa. Uh, but what this defense is, has been able to do what Jay Higgins has been able to do and uh, Xavier Wampa coming on as a sophomore. And uh, you've mentioned Cooper DeGene, who is who is just spectacular in everything he does. Uh, this defensive line, the linebacking core, this, the, I mean, Sebastian Castro, you can just, you can go down the list and, and all of a sudden yeah. this defense feels like another one of these that has just become one of the best in the country. And that's fun to watch, man. And, and as you said, we need to celebrate what we do have and, and look at the positive. And that is as big of a positive as there is. What Phil Park and this defense have done this season has has again been remarkable. It, 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 it truly is, and 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 like we said last week, you could put Cooper DeGene on offense, everybody, and and our offense would be better immediately. Okay, but I don't think he's probably a quarterback at the Power Five level. Maybe as some people would say that he is, um, but they've decided to put him on defense, 
and you know he's he's the big one of the big playmakers on defense. Most teams don't want to throw at him very often, and that that basically he can take away you know the other team's best uh, best wide receiver, and that helps make the defense great. And he plays on defense what sixty plays, right? If he was on offense and you put him in as a slot receiver, I said this thing last week, he's going to get eight targets, five catches. You know, they're going to be, they might be really nice. But I, in Kirk's estimation, you know, he has a bigger impact on defense and special teams than he would on offense and special teams. So, you know, uh, I, I think I know a lot about football. Yeah. I don't know. Kirk Ferris has forgotten <laughs> 10 times more about football than, than a lot of us armchair quarterbacks who, you know, played in junior high, uh, you know, think we know. And and, and that's what kind of gets irritating. It's, it's you know, it's, it's almost disrespectful. It's like, really? You think you know more than Kirk Ferentz does about football, number one. <laughs> number two, about team. And number three, about, you know, individual players. I mean, we've got to put Lav- Levis in there. It's second string quarterback. He can't be any worse. <laughs> I don't think Kirk Ferris is working 80 hours a week. I don't think Brian Ferris is working as hard to lose games to put the worst players out there. I mean, they're trying everything in their power to win. Brian Ferris is, he's got to be one of the most miserable people on the face of the earth right now, right? Yeah. I, he, he doesn't want to let his dad down. He doesn't want to let our fans down. He bleeds black and gold. He is everything that Iowa football is about. He's tough. Uh, he's strong. He's, you know, everything about Iowa football is Brian Ferris. And people act like, well, he's, he's making stupid decisions. He's trying to lose. Come on. He's doing everything in the world to try to win and, uh, and does a little bit of a short stick. I don't know what's wrong with our Offensive line, we talked about the Chris Doyle effect. You can talk about a hundred different things, mm-hmm. but yeah, not a lot of talent right now uh, playing uh, on the offensive side of the field for the Hawkeyes. There's just not much talent there right now, okay? Running back, I think we're pretty good, pretty deep. Tight end's been decimated. we got a couple of guys that are, that are they're, they're okay, but they're not any all-conference type player. I don't see anybody on the offensive line, particularly now with two or three more injuries on the offensive line that's, you know, going to sniff all conference. And our wide receivers are struggling because of the offensive line and the quarterback. And, you know, what do you see? You, you don't have those players like you got on defense, Andrew. I mean, you don't. there's no Higgins. There's no DeGene. There's no Wampa. Uh, there's, you know, it's, it's just it's not there this year. So let's celebrate the defense. Let's celebrate the special teams. Find ways to win games 17 to 10, yep. 13 to 6. Whatever it takes, let's just win. Now, just win, okay? baby. That's exactly right. You know, last week, Joe, we got a uh, uh, maybe a slightly somber, maybe a slightly defiant Kirk Ferentz in his midweek uh, press availability and, and on his, his Hawk Talk radio show with uh, Gary Dolphin. This week we got a fiery Kirk Ferentz because we got some bad news on the Noah Shannon front on uh, on Wednesday that uh, the NCAA has, uh, even though they had indicated they were going to lessen these penalties and, and make the uh, 
the retroactive decision to allow some of these guys to, to see the field. That's not the case. Uh, they're sticking with the one-year uh, ban, the one-year loss of eligibility for players like Noah Shannon who gamble uh, on sports that are not their own but at their own school. And it's just too bad. And, and man, you, just, you don't see Kirk... Uh, speak as highly about players, especially those who have been in trouble, who who have admittedly done something they knew they shouldn't do, uh, unless he feels a certain way about a guy. And, and he clearly feels very uh, highly about Noah Shannon, holds him in high regard, loves him a lot as a person and as a player. And uh, it's just, it, it really is a shame we're not going to get to see him. It, it felt like the last couple of weeks we were going to ultimately see Noah Shannon back on the field at some point this season, that's not going to be the case, and and that's that's that really is too bad. It's it's it would have provided some depth to the uh, to the defensive line, and there's some X's and O's stuff where it would have helped for sure. But the biggest thing is just for for that kid uh, to put as much into this as he has, and to have it kind of taken away from him the way the way he has. And and he made a mistake, and he admits that, and he owns it. Uh, but as Kirk Ferentz points out. No crime was committed. Uh, other things have happened far worse than this that have had far less uh, severe punishments. Uh, and it's just it's it's too bad the the news we got this week about Noah Shannon. Well, it is, and and it's just a it's it's just a crazy situation. The whole thing is crazy. Why only uh, men's sports at the University of Iowa and Iowa State uh, are the only ones that are targeted by this thing? That's number one. Where did it start from? No, nobody will tell you where it started from, where to come from. Um, I, I don't get it. Whatever the kids should have known better. Okay, I mean, uh, but but at the end of the day, everybody else is getting off a speeding ticket, and Noah Shannon and some of these other guys are losing all year of eligibility. Um, so it's a rule. Uh, you know, they 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 enforced it. I, they don't understand it. It's kind of like the uh, invalid fair catch signal review. <laughs> yeah, just, just weird stuff. The NCAA's got some got some weird characteristics to it. So bad deal. Would have loved to seen him out there. I think it really would have fired the defense up. I think we could really use him somewhere where our defense is going to wear down uh, with three games to go. But you know, it is what it is. You you got to do what you got to do. So, he's Joe Schmucka. Yeah, that's right. He's he's Joe Schmucka. I'm Andrew Downs. This is the HawkeyeNation.com radio show, 106.3 KXNO, and uh, anywhere in the world uh, at HawkeyeNation.com on the podcast page or wherever you get your podcast. Just search out Hawkeye Nation. Uh, when we come back, we're going to look ahead to this uh, this game against Rutgers, uh, an interesting game to be sure at Kinnick Stadium on Saturday afternoon. But also, basketball season is underway. The Iowa women have a huge game tonight. Uh, the men looked good the other night. There, there's there's potentially some excitement there on the men's side. Uh, we'll dive into some of that and more here on the HawkeyeNation.com radio show when we come back here on 106.3 KXNO. Black here on the HawkeyeNation.com radio show, 106.3 KXNO and HawkeyeNation.com on the podcast page of the Hawkeye Nation podcast network. We appreciate you listening. If you missed any of the first segment where we broke down the win over Nebraska or uh, Northwestern, hopefully we'll be talking to win over Nebraska here in a couple of weeks. Broke that down. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Hawkeye Nation or go right to HawkeyeNation.com. That's where you're going to find the best coverage of the Hawkeyes uh, from all angles in every sport. 
every day, all day long. And uh, I've been jumping on the forums there a little more uh, frequently here and, and having some fun on there. So uh, so join us over there at the HawkeyeNation.com. Sign up and get on the forums and join the community over there of, of Hawkeye fans. Uh, Joe, men's basketball had a nice win. Uh, women's basketball, too, to start the season. You know, basketball always always kind of hits so quickly uh, when we're still in football mode, but it, it is nice to have it back. Wrestling starting up. I mean, this is such a busy time, but let's stick with basketball. Obviously, Caitlin Clark back could be her final year, although, although we hope not. But this is a really good team she has around her coming off the Final Four, the national championship appearance, uh, a big game tonight. But but first, I, I want to kind of set expectations for the season. And we'll do this for the men here in just a minute or two. Uh, because as LSU found out on opening night, it's unlikely that anybody goes undefeated or anything like that. Uh, the parity in the women's basketball game has grown so much in recent years. Iowa picked to win the Big Ten. That should put them in a position to have a good enough seed to make another deep run in March. But as, as we kind of embark on the season, or, or certainly the, the big part of the season here, Joe, what are your expectations for this Iowa women's basketball team? Well, we really got to watch and see how the two uh, women, two or three women in the middle develop. I mean, we lost Shizano, and and that took a ton of pressure off of Caitlin. You know, when you got – they couldn't just they couldn't just lay off her and and – and go and try and guard Shizano. Um, they, you know, they, they, they had to do both. Had We had a really good inside-out game, okay? And that's going to be really key to this year. Uh, can, uh, you know, a couple – and you've got three – call them big women, okay? I don't know, big men, so I'll call them big women. Yeah. And they've really – the three of them have, have got to be able to fill, you know, 75% of her shoes, if you will, Shizano's shoes. They've got to play big in the middle. Um, they got to make the free throws. Uh, they got to be able to make plays. They got to be able to score. They got to be able to rebound. And then somebody has got to take some pressure off of Caitlin uh, on the outside. There's, there's going to be a lot of, you know, double teaming and slanting things toward Caitlin. And somebody on the other side, you know, in the tournament, it was Gabby Marshall. Gabby was left open a lot. And her credit, she made the threes, you know, in the past, when they swung the pass around over to her. Uh, she was open and she made the threes and that really carried it. Uh, I thought a lot in the, uh, in, in the big 10 tournament as well as the NCAA. So if we can get a, a, a good outside shooter, be it Gabby or a couple of other people uh, that can shoot the ball and we can get some really good inside play and scoring, you know, we don't have to have 20, 25 points a game, but if between two or three, of the uh, of the big women, okay, can't go weird saying that. Um, uh, you know, we we got to get twenty twenty five points, you know, out of the three of them, and and they got to be able to rebound and, and 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 do some good things. And this team's got a lot of depth, got a lot of talent. It does um, a, a lot of those women got good playing time last year, and they should be ready to go. So I think it's going to be a fun season. They're going to have a huge crowd advantage at home. I mean. You know, fifteen thousand people watching a, a women's basketball game every home game. Yeah, huge, huge advantage. Okay, nobody, nobody hardly plays. Uh, I don't know another women's team that that you know they're going to come in to they're going to come into Carver and it's going to be a hostile, uh, packed, damn packed place to play, and it's going to be tough for an opposing team to come in and do that. And I think when you go on the road, 
So you're going to see a lot of Hawkeye fans. Yes. You know, you can't ticket, you can't get tickets to Carver. Well, maybe you, you go over to the Illinois game, you go to the Purdue game, you go to the Wisconsin game, you go to the Wisconsin, Nebraska game, Minnesota game. I think our fans will travel and, you know, keep everybody healthy, as healthy as possible, okay? And I think this team does very, very well again. Do they get the championship game? Oh, that's hard to predict, yeah. right? Going to that, but but are they that caliber of a team? Sure, they're final four. Yeah, I think I, I think I, I agree completely. And yeah, you you mentioned the the road games. I mean, Sunday afternoon they play at U and I, and this is the first game women's basketball game U and I has ever sold out. And that that's the type of crowd we're going to see. I imagine there's gonna be a lot of Hawkeye fans uh, in the McLeod Center on Sunday afternoon. And this is kind of an interesting opening stretch of games for Iowa. I mean, you had the the kind of season opener on Monday, but you've got this game, a neutral site game, but certainly in Virginia Tech territory tonight a top 10 matchup two final four teams a year ago then you come home and you go to northern iowa again for a sold out game sunday afternoon a week from tonight you have a big 12 team in kansas state coming into carver and then you go to or you, you host drake uh, a week from sunday and that's a drake team that i don't know a lot about but they took iowa to overtime a year ago in in the nap center here in des moines and so um gonna be an interesting few games here and, and certainly a measuring stick game tonight and joe you made a really good point there i hadn't really thought about a lot a lot of these women's teams haven't come into an arena that's going to be as hostile as Carver Hawkeye is this year. That that's going to be really fun to watch. I mean, it should be a good time. But with that same token, uh, the Iowa women's basketball team has totally got a target on their back, much like LSU did. And it's going to be a big, big game. Anybody that can come in and knock us off, whether I don't care whether it's Drake or it's uh, you know anybody, it's going to be a big, big game. You know, Indiana wants a piece of us for sure, and. And, and some of these other teams. So that's what it's all about, man. And uh, number one pick, you know, if, if you're starting a team in women's college basketball, we got the number one pick, yep. Andrew. And we know. <laughs> and she have a, a good uh, supporting crowd uh, with her teammates. And, uh, you know, she stays healthy and team stays pretty healthy. Uh, like I said, good talent. We're going to have a great season. Should be a lot of fun to watch. So. That's the only reason I'm keeping my peacock. Yeah, same, uh, same. Uh, what am I trying to say? My peacock membership. For, yeah, yeah. So, so I'm hanging on to that because I want to watch some of these Iowa basketball games. Hopefully, the broadcasts get a little better for for basketball than they have been for football. Oh, Oof. Woof. Hey, oh, wow. <laughs> uh, Joe, the, the, the yeah, go ahead. I'm going to send your name in tomorrow, man. I want you. <laughs> hey, peacock, if, if you're listening, yeah, hit, hit me up. Take game. I want you to take the women's announcing game as high as Caitlin Clark has taken the uh, the women's uh, basketball game. Right. I'm I'm open to it. Uh, Joe, Joe, the Iowa men looked good as well in a win over North Dakota, and, and more than anything, I think they they looked a bit deeper than expected with some of the young players making an early impact. So much of this, Joe, is going to be consistency. Can can they consistently shoot well from distance? Can they consistently rebound and defend for 40 minutes at a time? Uh, can they find that go-to guy who consistently shows up? You know, Tony Perkins, Peyton Sanford, Patrick McCaffrey, those guys all have the ability 
to be the guy, to have big games, but they've also shown through their careers the ability to kind of disappear at times. And and so that that's a little concerning, but if one of those guys can step up each night or maybe somebody steps up and kind of takes on that role that a, a Luca Garza or a Murray brother has taken over the last couple of years, uh, that, that could be a big thing. Iowa picked to finish in the bottom half of the Big Ten. Uh, I've seen bracketology where they're, they're on the outside of the bubble looking into the NCAA tournament. Uh, I expect this team to, to get back to the NCAA tournament mostly because you know whether you like Fran McCaffrey or not this is what he does he gets these teams to the tournament he doesn't have a lot of success once he gets there but he gets these teams there and, and he, he typically overperforms in the regular season in the Big Ten what are your expectations for for the Iowa men's team well there's just so many unknowns obviously we don't have much in the middle we don't have like you just said a real go-to score it's going to have to be a real team concept and you got five guys, or uh, even four guys that, that can shoot probably better than we've shot, you know, from outside in particular. Um, we got a shot, but we got to have somebody that can score inside. Otherwise, you know, they just kind of set up a picket fence defense or whatever around the outside, and, it, and it's hard to score. You, you, you know, you got to have somebody that can drive to the basket and, and create plays. Um, can Bowen be the point guard? He's got the moves. He's quick. Uh, he's a pretty good passer. Um, can can he play point guard and and get around people and get into the you know get into the lane and make that pass for an easy layup or a kick out for an open three pointer? Um, Got to have somebody that can do that. Okay, number two, yeah, we need we need a big guy. Philip Abraka exceeded all of my expectations last year. Okay, I mean I did not see him being that great of a player. And he really, really played very, very well. I mean, defensively, offensively, way exceeded my expectations. So, you know, that helps a lot. But, yeah, if, if, if we got three guys each game, maybe, yeah, three guys that can shoot the ball well and, and, and score 12, 15 points, you know, I think this team will, will be good. But if we only got one guy a game that scores, you know, 20, 22 points, I don't, I don't, I don't know. You know that, that we're going to be that good. It's going to be tough. But I'm more excited after seeing them play the other night. I mean, they yeah. ran the floor. Uh, they've got some depth. They've got kids that can play. Uh, it's just a matter of making sure that they whip the ball around and move it and get somebody with an open shot. And when they get the open shot, you know, so you got to knock it down and make your free throws. It's kind of fun to go into a season where you don't know who the who that guy is going to be, and that kind of leaves the opportunity open for everybody else. I would agree a hundred percent. I think it's. Uh, I, I really think it, it it's going to be a. It's going to just kind of be a fun and interesting season, and you know we'll get to the middle of the season. And it'll be like, huh, they exceeded <laughs> our expectations. I don't have really any big expectation for him right now right i mean no we're 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 not expected to do much um like you said lower half of the big 10 so let's uh let's see what can happen and if we gain some consistency i think it's going to be a little bit of a tough road early um i know we don't play that tough schedule but you got to get guys feeling good and in the right positions and some confidence and then we hit the big 10 season you know let's, let's let's hope we can protect carver and uh, you know, win a few games on the road, and 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 just get that experience that this team really needs. Yes, we got a couple of good recruits coming in next year. It looks like a couple six eight guys. They're I don't know 
supposedly four-star recruits and continue to build. You know, we're not a program that's going to be great every year. I think we're going to struggle to make, you know, the NCAA tournament every year. I think you're going to have a, a down year or two, and then you're going to have a couple of good years as, as players develop and, uh, you know, they, they, they get a little older. Um, we're not a, we don't seem to be right now. Fran's not a guy that goes out and gets the super splashy one and done guy, right? No. So, uh, got to develop him. He does a good job at developing. I mean, the big guys at least. And uh, that's what we got to have. Got to develop some players. And hopefully by Big Ten season, we're shooting the ball well, playing good defense, and, you know, we win some games. Just a couple of minutes left here on the HawkeyeNation.com radio show here, 106.3 KX, you know, in the Hawkeye Nation podcast network. Uh, let's let's flip it back to football and look ahead to this Rutgers game, Joe. Rutgers is a team that that's certainly having a good season under Greg Schiano. Seems like they maybe have turned the corner again as a program un, under him. Uh, bull eligible already, but it also feels like, uh, you know, they've won the games they should. They've lost the games they should, and, and they're not a great team. They're certainly a, a good team, maybe better than uh, the last couple of teams Iowa has played, but uh, they, they have a good defense, so you expect a low-scoring game. Vegas expects a low-scoring game. It's, it's going to go off as the lowest total in, in college football history, once again, for Iowa. Uh, but, but Rutgers relies a lot on establishing that run game, and that's going to be really hard to do against this Iowa defense in Kinnick Stadium. Uh, I don't know that they played. Uh, they certainly haven't won in an environment like this this year. The crowd's going to be big. The special teams are going to be big. Um, I, I just I, I, I don't have a great feeling because because of the way every game is seemingly going to be, it's all going to be one possession games. They're going to be won and lost by by in the margins by a play or two. So uh, it's whether or not Iowa can make those plays. But I certainly feel like Iowa should feel confident going into this game, uh, and and has certainly you know more than a, a puncher's chance at, at getting a win here. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's kind of a toss up kind of a deal, uh, particularly this, with with the game being at home. Okay. Um, they don't match up very well with us. Like you just said, uh, we, we typically can shut the run down. Okay. And that's what we want to do is try and make the team more one dimensional. Everybody wants to do that, but we're pretty effective at doing it. Yes. And if they run the ball, I don't know how they score very many points. If our offense just doesn't turn the ball over, uh, you know, uh, uh, Deacon Hill has got to work on his ball. Security. Yes, he does. Um, guys coming around the edge and slapping the ball away. That's, that's three fumbles in, uh, in, in two games. And that's bad, particularly when it's on our side of the field. So we got to play field position. We got to, we got to create some turnovers. We're not creating very many turnovers all of a sudden. Um, so we need to, uh, we need to get some turnovers coming our way and uh, we need to, you know, just make the plays when they're there. Second half, I'm going to say this. Did Deacon Hill play great? No. Was their offense great? No. Man, it was a lot better in the second half. But in the first half, we started off pretty good and moved the ball down, but then we made mistakes, right? Through an interception, fumbled, and I think we got sacked. Anyway, we got knocked out of field goal range three times in the first quarter, first half. Um, second half, we moved the ball some. We did some good things. At the end of the game, end of the game, like I said, we made a play to win the game at the very end. And, and I got to think that's going to help Deacon's confidence, going to help Caleb Brown's confidence. Um, I just, I just think it's going to help their confidence. What health we have on the offensive line. That's the big question. Uh, we're probably down to our second string center, although he played well, um, big dude, that's for sure. Ellsbury. Um, 
you know, we've got some players that have played. Um, so, got to be able to run the ball decent. Got to be able to throw the ball a little bit. Rely on your defense, rest teams, win the, win the uh, field position game, win the turnover battle, and hopefully we eke out enough points uh, to win the game. If I was a betting guy, Andrew, yeah, uh, here's 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 the advice of the year, buddy. All right, mark the tape. I bet the, I bet the under. <laughs> <laughs> There it is. You heard it here first, folks. Bet the under. No, yeah, I, you heard. <laughs> I agree completely, man. I I see exactly what you see. A low scoring game where where Iowa finds a way to make make the player two. Uh, you remember a year ago in in this game, Iowa had Cooper DeGene had a pick six. Kayvon Merriweather had a scoop and score touchdown. Uh, I feel like the defense is due for one of those uh, defensive scores, as you said. Not many turnovers lately, uh, but if, if you're able to to take away Rutgers running game, make them throw the ball, that's where they're susceptible. I think they have had an interception in each of their losses and uh so i feel good about iowa on that front and and you never know maybe maybe this offense will click a little bit it doesn't need to do a whole lot if it just does enough and eliminate those turnovers you're exactly right deacon hill needs to have a better sense on his backside of, of when that rush is coming when to just take the sack grab the ball ball security is huge you know don't put your team in a bad position and uh, i think if you're able to do that you come out of here with a win and and one step closer to a a, a bid to indianapolis and the uh the big 10 championship game uh joe the music is pushing us out man but this is fun as always uh, we'll, we'll reconvene a week from now. Hopefully, we'll be talking about uh, an Iowa women's team that has had a big top ten win over West uh, over uh, Virginia Tech, and uh, and probably moved up in the the poll if they're able to do that with LSU's loss and uh, and a, an eight and two football team. Uh, hopefully, as as we reconvene a week from now, Joe. Thank you so much as always, and uh, and go Hawks. All right, buddy, go Hawks.